0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our premiere episode of Exploited, our exploitation film podcast. I'm Alexis Chowski. And I am Kevin Daly. And our first episode is going to be on Cannibal Holocaust. Let's get started. Holocaust is a tough movie, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's obviously got a lot of disturbing imagery.
0: Some real, some fake, but all a lot of disturbing stuff going on there. It was a lot more disturbing than I thought, especially for a premiere episode of what's supposed to be a fun podcast and we start with this.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd seen I'd seen it years ago. I want to say must have been, I was in college, so it must have been Fifteen years ago? Yeah. And I remember being actually physically sickened by some of the scenes. So when you asked me, hey, we want to do Cannibal Holocaust, I'm like, all right. (laughs) It was still disturbing, but I didn't have the same sort of visceral reaction. I think maybe I've gotten numb (laughs) in in the intervening years.
0: And I think I've gone the opposite way, because I watched it a long time ago when we used to do Geek Juice. And I watched it and just laughed at it, you know. It was just like, ah, it's fine. But when I watched it more recently, I had a more difficult time. There was one moment where I was like, nope, and just left the room.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought that I was going to have to, like, pause it from time to time and, like, get up and walk it off. But uh, maybe because I was watching it with a different uh, mindset, I was watching it more academically than just to watch it. Maybe I was a little bit less assured. I was taking note of Different things about the the filming of the movie, and its themes, and the acting, and the cinematography, rather than looking at it in a a macro sense. I was kind of breaking it down to component parts, and maybe that made it less less disturbing. I mean, academically, you know, from you know objectively. Let's, let's, let's be honest, the stuff in the movie is pretty horrible, especially the animal violence, which was completely unnecessary. That's
0: where I walked away. Yeah. The, I,
1: I remember almost throwing up when I watched them kill the turtle the first. the first time I saw the movie. And this time I'm watching it going, this isn't quite as bad as I remember. I I had this, like, I thought they had, like, cut him open while he was still alive. I mean, they decapitated him before they started, like, busting up the shell. So I'm like,
0: well, at least they killed it. No, when it got to that scene, once they took that knife to the turtle's head, I was like, nope, and I just got up and went and used the bathroom. And by the time I was back, they were just about done with the turtle.
1: Yeah, that that scene is hard to watch. especially the first time I saw it. I definitely had problems with it. I didn't remember the Coda Mundi scene earlier in the movie, which was actually the, the scene in the movie that disturbed me the most, because uh, that is pretty long and drawn out, and that's not clean. In
0: fact, no.
1: that, that's the only scene in the movie that is still censored in the UK, I believe, for violating its animal cruelty laws, because I guess there are exceptions for quick, clean kills so I guess Apocalypse Now has real animal deaths. I don't remember that, but, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie.
0: Some background on the movie. It was made in 1980 by director Reguero Diodato, and the movie, while it's of course, received a ton of controversy when it came out, he actually got, like, arrested for murder because they thought the, the deaths in the movie were real. The, the human deaths. Yeah, they did actually...
1: Props to the practical effects guy, circa 1980, because... Yeah, it was very convincing.
0: Yeah, and like when it premiered, Sergio Leone, who did uh, *Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*, he wrote to Diodato and was like, "You made a really realistic movie, but I think it might be a little too realistic."
1: Yeah, I think he said he was going to get. He thought that that Deodato was going to get in trouble, and he did.
0: Mm-hmm. And the cast in the movie, um, well, the movie itself, you have a professor. That's looking for these four student, not students, documentary filmmakers that went off into the Amazon and disappeared. And he goes and he finds out that they were eaten by a tribe of cannibals. And then he watches the found footage, which made this like the first found footage movie, to find out what happened to them. And so that professor, do you know who that actor is?
1: Yeah, I had to look him up, but that's uh, Robert Kerman. Yes, pornographic film star, and I'm like, man, I never get away from it, do I?
0: His big claim to fame was Debbie Does Dallas. Oh, he's a
1: yeah, big name.
0: Yeah, he was the one that did Debbie in that movie.
1: Yeah, and looking at him, like, dude, looks like
0: uh, Richard Dreyfuss to me, (laughs) like does even the character kind of felt a lot like richard Dreyfus?
1: yeah and it's just like and i'm reading this after the fact and i'm like i haven't seen debbie does dallas i'm not sure i want to watch richard Dreyfus banging someone
0: um his last movie he did was actually sam Raimi's spider-man oh <laughs> where he played a role that is like sea boat captain and i'm like well i don't remember that scene
1: I, I don't either
0: where's spider-man going to the ocean
1: is he on a dock somewhere i don't even remember.
0: So did you watch it on YouTube? Like I, I did. did. I got i.
1: I even splurged for the HD version. I went with the SD. <laughs> I figure if I'm gonna watch this movie, let let, let me view this in its full um, glory. We'll, we'll, we'll use that.
0: So you had the opening disclaimer of "We're showing the movie in its unedited form because free speech, blah blah blah." Quotes from Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. And the Santayana quote of "Those who Forget the Past or Condemned to Repeat It. Yeah. And it goes right into the beautiful theme of the movie. Man, I hate this song. (laughs) It's our theme song for this show.
1: I know, but oh, wow. Yeah, okay, so I'm listening to this music. It's like Bargain Basement Cat Stevens music.
0: (laughs) It's by composer Riz Ordlani. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I may be wrong, but he did the music for Mondo Cain. Oh, okay
1: and he was a big in,
0: that was a big influence on this movie and Mondo Kane we might cover sometime I don't know it's significant yeah yeah <laughs> it's a bit tamer than those Mondo sex films from Joe D'Amato we used to watch
1: I know I th- that would be an interesting one to cover for sure because it is historically significant 1962 yeah very important important movie but uh, that's a that's a future episode, perhaps.
0: When do we get to Mondo movies? But the movie goes into its um, discussion of, you know, setting up the story like, oh, cannibals exist. And this was the thing that struck me about this movie, that I didn't notice then, but I do notice more now. Well, the whole history of labeling these tribes as cannibal, I mean, that dates back to Columbus. That was a way to justify genocide. Right. Just to convince everybody they're cannibals. Right, exactly. I mean, you had books like Robinson Crusoe and... That thing is just convinced that everyone in the Western Hemisphere is a cannibal. Anybody who's not white, cannibal, turns out. And so it's okay to, to kill them and be racist. And, you know, of course it's not, but, but that's what they did.
1: It's interesting because if you look at the theme of the movie, like, it's obviously trying to make a statement about the barbarism of Western civilization you know, is comparable or equal or willing to exploit and sensationalize of the, these people in order for profit and entertainment. But then the movie goes on to portray these natives in the most stereotypical, Ooh. horrible way you could possibly do it. And I'm like, you're undercutting your message.
0: I know, but this just portrays them terribly, and we'll get to that. So we learned that there were these four documentary filmmakers that went out there. Making their documentary called The Green Inferno. Yes, that'll be a that'll be a relevant name in the near future. Yeah, like a little clip of the last known footage of them before we're introduced to Professor Harold Monroe, you know, the porn star.
1: No, no idea if he's
0: actually a porn star in in the movie as well as in real life.
1: They don't they don't broach that topic.
0: And they show him. Well, do they show him their other documentary footage now or when he gets back? Oh, the
1: execution squad stuff.
0: The that, last that, road to hell. Yeah, they show them
1: that after. That's they're like. That's when the producers are like, "Hey, look at
0: this other footage they've done for us in the past." When we get to those producers, I have a lot to say about them and that footage. Yeah, that's some some bad bad shit going on there. Wait, no, they do show it here because I have it in my note. Army kills natives. Oh,
1: huh? I didn't. I didn't notice that. Fair enough.
0: Wait, no, no. That's because once we show up in. That's not the documentary. It's because once they she shows up in South America in the Amazon. Oh,
1: the the yeah,
0: the army is just killing natives just to, to do it.
1: For, yeah, something like that
0: to take a captive. Yeah, it's a captive, and pretty, pretty terrible. The uh the the army lieutenant. Yeah, I
1: mean I like the guy. Like the scene that he was in, I guess scenes there were two, but I'm thinking of the one where he's on the boat talking to. Well, I'm thinking Go,
0: the, the one going we, full Jaws mode. We're going to need a bigger boat. Looks and sounds like, um, did you take my sesame cake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, it's been too many years since I've seen Congo. That actor's name. That's another movie we should cover. Oh, we
0: definitely should. That movie is Exploitation. And, but then like he opens that beer, and he's yeah. like, a skunk must have pissed in that. i like, the hops are real. And so they, uh, they're they messing with the natives, and the professor recognizes the the girl's lighter. Yeah. Of course, how could he? It's just the most generic-looking right. thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. He must have been doing, so, done, doing some hard research on the uh, on the plane ride
0: over, pouring over every detail. He's like, that's Faye's lighter. You know, because the four f- filmmakers were Alan Yates, Faye Daniels, Jack Anders, and Mark Tommaso. Right. And he's like, that's Faye's lighter.
1: Yeah, I don't know how he noticed that. And also, it never comes back up again how that particular dude got the lighter. Did he get that from the one native?
0: Well, it's weird because when they find him later, their stuff is all, like, forbidden. Don't ever touch it. But he sees it littered around. You know, people are wearing film tins and lighters.
1: Yeah, very, very bizarre. Maybe she leaves it in the village. And that guy, because it's that village they show up to later. And maybe that, that native picked it up and then... the military officer took it off the native that they uh hogtied
0: could be yeah because they take that native and they take him out because he's going to be their guide their way to get into the cannibal tribe to find out what's going on they're hostage and that's when they eat the the Kodamundi. yeah that scene is pretty
1: awful for no reason other than just for shock value
0: which they say it's a muskrat but it's not it's a yeah And then they give their hostage cocaine. I did, that scene was actually kind of funny, I'm not going to lie. And and the guy does some himself.
1: Yeah, they're like doing coke with each other. It's like, the guy's been spending forever talking shit about his, (laughs) about this native, and it's like, let's do some blow.
0: Yeah. Then he's all happy, the native's just smiling. And then uh, they stumble upon a woman being punished for adultery. That scene was hard to watch.
1: Okay, so this scene, I've, I did a lot of thinking about this particular scene because this is one of the scenes that really score unders, undermines the whole theme of the movie. It's like, you're trying to portray, I mean, ostensibly you're trying to say, you know, it's you know, modern society that's the problem, not the natives. And then you proceed to have this scene where a dude literally, like, rapes a woman with a rock phallus and then beats her to death with it. And then just kind of shoves her body off and about. Into the, and I'm like, I'm thinking, I think it's like, oh, it's a adultery punishment ritual. And I'm like, okay, cultures do that. We've, we have examples, even back to biblical times, women being stoned, that still happens today. But it's done, that's always done publicly. It's done as a deterrent, as a yeah. horrific deterrent. It's like, we're going to, you know, if you commit adultery, you're getting stones thrown at your head. This is they're the only two people out there and they go, well, if he doesn't do it, they'll kill him. But like, how do they know he could bring her into the woods and just get out of here and never come back go live on your own. And they would never know. So it's just like sadism for the sake of sadism. That's a, again, that's a, a future episode. We'll be discussing more about sadism for sake of sadism. But uh, yeah, that, that was one of those scenes. like, if he was doing that in the village in front of the other people, it's like, Hey, women, you know, this is something the tribe doesn't appreciate, you know, view upon the horror that we inflict. Not that it's right, of course, but at least it would have a, a rational, logical purpose or abhorrent, though it is.
0: And the woman that's in that scene, no woman, because they, they used a lot of natives, but I don't mean like living in the jungle natives. I meant native to Peru and Colombia, where they filmed it, people that live there. And that's most of their cast or them. But. No woman wanted to be in that scene and then their Italian costume designer's like, Fuck it, I'll do it <laughs> And they're like, Yeah, but you don't look anything like she's natives. So that's why she's covered in mud the entire scene. Ah,
1: well that's clever, though again, the scene is completely unnecessary.
0: Yes, it is completely unnecessary and I mean, goes I, on. Look, I,
1: I know we're talking about exploitation film and that's that is kind of the hallmark of the genre, but is excessive even by those standards
0: because right after that we have another scene where the professor decides to bathe in the river
1: i love this scene just because it's so incredibly dumb
0: it's so dumb and it's
1: like a- i'm gonna go hang dong the, middle of the river. random native girls are gonna come up and smack my penis
0: yeah which yeah. the random native girls were actually played by local prostitutes Oh, they just go and they smack his dong around. They they, they play with his mustache. And it's like, I, oh, mean, yeah.
1: it, I, to be, I did not know that Robert Kerman was a porn star. I didn't know who he was. And I'm watching the movie. I didn't do any pre-research on this. I just kind of went with it kind of cold. Mm-hmm. And then doing the research later, I'm like, ah, that's why he has absolutely no problem. Just hanging dong out in the middle of the, uh, the water there.
0: Of course, then they have their um their guide that takes the the hostage.
1: Yeah, speaking of which, uh, there's some more. Just uh, here, here we're just gonna go uh, hang Dong. Yeah, I'm looking at him like this is another really dumb scene. You I'm see, laughing
0: at it. Totally naked, and holds the hostage, and he screams the language, and he just stands there naked while they shoot uh, darts at him, but they shoot him just shy of where he is.
1: Like, I think it's supposed to, like, test his, like, resolve. Like, I kind of get it, but, like, at the same time, also, why? I do appreciate that there's almost as much male nudity as female nudity in this movie, though. There's just, like, everybody will be
0: naked. Oh, yeah, everybody. This movie has far too much nudity in it. So the natives take them in, and they spend forever just chilling with these natives. They eat all kinds of crap. I don't think they eat people, though. No, I think
1: this is the... Tri- I think they. Just, I think the, the lieutenant or whatever descri- mentions earlier that this particular tribe, the Yakumo tribe... Yeah. Apparently they only... They, I think he describes them as something of the nature that they, they do the cannibalism thing as a ritual or something to ward off evil spirits. They're not actually cannibals.
0: There's that one scene where some guy tries to explain something and he's just rolling around screaming.
1: Yeah, that was interesting.
0: And somebody's translating what he quote-unquote says. I'm like, what are you... You know, scream language? What is, what is going on? It's, a, it's an art form, really. It's a tonal yeah. language, of course. And then they finally find the bodies in the film.
1: Yeah, I mean, not, not much more happens after that. They... Oh, well, they, there was... They, they go to the jungle and they see the two tri- other the cannibal tribes that hunt each other. They smoke them out of the tree, and then they beat them and carry them off one of the women's being raped and then they kill a bunch of them and then the cannibal tribe takes them in the the the, uh, uh, the take them in
0: yanamato the, the yakumo yeah. when they find the bodies in the film and the way it's described to them is that they had done something so evil that their bodies had to be, like, they, they were cursed. And you don't quite know what it is, because up until now, you're thinking that, oh, they were just dumb white people that stumbled into cannibals. But they're telling you they did something horrible. And holy shit, did they when we find out?
1: Yeah, I do like that uh, that the professor basically goes full f- goalie on it and just walks up with his tape recorder. They're like, ooh, okay, we'll trade. And then also eat also eat this person. <laughs> You're now one of us.
0: Fascinates them with a tape recording of their language.
1: Yeah, they just—they are just. I guess in the interview after that, he describes like, "Oh, he thinks you can capture your spirits. Like, oh, this is kind of cool."
0: Okay, you go ahead and take
1: the film. We'll take this uh, spirit capturing device. It back to New York.
0: Well, presumably, it's probably just Rome. Yeah, right. And it's pretending to be New York. And actually, one thing is that there's a voiceover talking about the jungle, and it's showing shots of new york city street
1: yeah yeah that was my i like ah concrete jungle
0: yeah the asphalt jungle
1: i mean it kind of i mean that that is that is a a trope right the
0: uh oh that, that is that is a movie
1: it's also a, a predator book concrete jungle it's pretty good actually but as a kid
0: and so he shows the the the, the producers they show professor porn the uh previous documentary that those people had made called Last Road to Hell, and it is just clip footage of executions.
1: Yeah, it's essentially like the, all the faces of death movies that were all so taboo when, I, when we were growing up, because we're roughly the same age.
0: Like, oh, this is powerful footage. This is pretty powerful stuff. And the producers make a point to say, yeah, but it's faked.
1: Yeah, we staged. They're like, yeah, we staged it. We paid a bunch of guys to shoot some, shoot some extra dudes for fun. What's like Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> strange though is that that footage is actual real footage of executions that Diodato found and put into the movie. Yeah, it's like stock movie. footage, right? It's stock footage, so it's actual real footage. That's the uh, other
1: than the animal violence. That's the only real violence in the movie.
0: So then they go into. The bulk of the film here, the, the found footage documentary, which at first is narrated to us. Right, I kind of
1: liked the the beginning of the narration where he's kind of like, it's like DVD commentary on top
0: It's like, oh, here they forgot to turn their microphone on.
1: Which I kind of liked, I was amused by that. But obviously, that was the early stuff wasn't nearly as horrible, and I think the idea is, as he's watching further, he's just like, Nope, I'm not going to do this anymore, so he stops doing
0: it. We start to realize that these, these four filmmakers are absolute shit. They're horrible people. Yeah, the like the actual worst. Like before they're even heading out, they're like in their hut together. Yeah. It's not necessarily a hut, because the girl gets out of the shower.
1: So it's some sort of like, and it's a, a hotel on the coast of Columbia or something, wherever they're at, who knows.
0: Yeah, and she's just walking around naked, and they're making jokes, and then she sees that they're recording, and she gets even angrier. They just laugh it off, and I'm like, you fucking assholes. But that's only the beginning.
1: Yeah, if that were the only thing they did, it like, okay, they're jerks, whatever. They're just arrogant kids. It's like, that's fine. They're lame, frat boy mentality.
0: And I forgot to point out, before we get into the footage, the professor goes and he interviews their family members. Yeah, this is a little odd. It's, I loved it because every family member is like, oh, they were a piece of garbage. Oh, that's a shitty person.
1: Yeah, it was funny. And well, like, except for the nun, who was just...
0: But even the nun is like, well, thank God she's in heaven now. She she wasn't really a good person.
1: Yeah. And, and to be fair, she is the least bad of the four. She
0: I'm... is the least bad. But she facilitates shit.
1: She's an enabler.
0: Yeah. And then more notes... than the
1: more than the one actually committing the action, she enables them to do it. She doesn't stop or even try to stop them.
0: Except for the one
1: one scene, which we'll talk about later Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll get that's a big scene. Yes. And that, that that one I wrote in like capital on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um but they they eat the turtle. We don't need to go into detail about now, the turtle.
1: Uh though I do want to bring up uh, a a bit about that scene because I thought some of the stuff about the production of this film, maybe we can talk about the production of the film at the end. Let's, let's talk about that at the end. Okay. I will bring up the turtle scene, but I'll bring it up briefly when we talk about the production because there were some interesting bits about interactions on the set and how it affected all the actors that
0: were fascinating yeah. to me. Um, it did, and especially the next scene where they kill a pig.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like, uh, like pro wrestling when you're trying to put over a heel. It's like they just do something, like, outlandishly horrible just for the sake of doing it. And, like, this is that, this whole scene from the start from the shooting the dude in the leg and chasing him back to killing the pig to, hey, let's throw them all into a hut and set it on fire.
0: Now that scene, oh, we'll get to that, the, the hut in a little bit here, because there was one thing I forgot was what happened to their guide, Felipe. Oh, yeah, poor guy. Um, Which was actually the very first scene of the movie they shot. Oh! It was Felipe gets bit by a snake, and, like, they cut open his leg to bleed him out, but, yeah, it don't work. Yeah. No, so they... they, did they cut his leg off? Yeah, they,
1: they amputate, because they're trying to keep the poison from... Getting to him, but unfortunately it, uh, either that they're not successful in the stoppage of poison or that the uh stoppage of blood when the blood loss uh, might have been too much. Either way he was he was dead.
0: Unintentionally.
1: This wasn't them killing the dude. Like they were trying to save his life and just
0: fail. So they show up into the village. They shoot a pig. For yeah, for reasons. Yeah, which horrible and pointless. And then the fucking hut scene. Yeah. They set this hut on fire and then they're just herding people into the burning hut.
1: Cause they're trying to make it look like a massacre from the other, from the, one of the cannibal tribes.
0: Not a massacre from them. Not, <laughs> well, I mean, they're,
1: they're trying not to have it look like a massacre from them. Of course they're filming the whole thing.
0: Yelling at the kids to get back in the hut. Kids get back inside.
1: And they're obviously they're just like, ah, oh, we'll, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. You know, to
0: celebrate their great hut footage, uh, Alan and Faye have sex.
1: And probably one of the most awkward, weird sex scenes I've ever seen in any movie ever. Because yeah. half the time it looked like she was completely uninterested, and half the time she looked interested. Also, there's some more production stuff. Like I said, I'll just keep all the production stuff at the end. There's,
0: yeah, there's production stuff for that one. For that they,
1: scene as well.
0: They have sex, and it's it's not like erotic porn sex. No, it's just two adults fucking in the dirt. I
1: I will give the movie credit for this. For an exploitation film, there is nothing designed to be titillating about this movie. Everything is supposed to be like gross and disgusting and offensive and horrifying. Like everything about it.
0: Everything is horrifying and offensive. So this totally—it's very effective. That part of exploitation, you know, of to just be scandalous.
1: I do like all the natives in the background of that scene. Just kind of look at them like, what? why? Well, they're just like kind of playing on the beach or whatever. And they're just like sitting around in a circle like, yeah, okay. Sure.
0: Find out. Well, they finish having sex. And then um, I think Alan says something to the camera.
1: Yeah, he does that a lot.
0: She gets so fucking pissed that you fucking were recording this. You assholes! And they just laugh it off again because...
1: Oh, she was taking a piss in the forest or something.
0: Yeah, there was another scene where she was pissing in the forest.
1: Yeah, they, those three guys, definitely pretty shitty.
0: And so we go back to the producers that are watching the, the footage with the professor. And they're like, oh, it's pretty powerful stuff. This is great. You're going to have a great documentary here. And we have the professor in the office. Producers saying this is the most horrifying, immoral bullshit ever. Do not record this. You need to get rid of this film. And they're like, Oh no, no, it's great. You know, this is education. People need the truth. And he's like, No, this is not the truth. This is evil bullshit. And he invites him to. He's like, I've seen the rest of the footage, and now you're going to as well. And we get the first of the horrible, horrible scenes.
1: I I do love. Him sitting in the theater with his corn cob pipe, just watching, and then just waiting for the end. I'm, I'm skipping a little bit. I'm not going to just. We'll, we'll talk about exactly what happens, and then it finishes, and he is smug as fuck, like as all these guys get
0: up and walk out. It's because great. the first scene they watch is that rape scene.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a scene.
0: Oh, it is. It is horrible. The, uh, the three male filmmakers find some native woman and they take and she's screaming and they're holding her down and it's it's awful to watch and they're making jokes um like when fate, at first she she stops them she's like why are you filming this we only have so much film and i'm like that's your concern but then no then she starts to get more like you people are fucked up you're raping this woman stop and she's trying to pull them off
1: i think part of it was like maybe if she appeals to their sense of Oh, we we're trying to make a film here, and if we run out of film we can't finish the film and become rich and famous. Maybe appeal to appeal to greed.
0: Are you shooting a porno? And they're like, Yeah, we can call it jungle jollies.
1: Yeah, I'm like, Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's pretty awful.
0: Yeah, and then we don't see them kill the girl, we just see afterwards. Right. That the girl is now impaled on a stake. And fucking Alan it has this huge shit eating grin as they're looking at it and somebody has to go, Alan, Alan, we're filming and he goes, Oh 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 and then he tries to look somber and he's like, Oh no. What did they do to this poor woman? Like terrible acting. It must be because she wasn't a virgin. Yeah, it's heavily
1: implied that they 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 killed her and impaled her up on this pole, right? Like
0: Oh yeah. Definitely, definitely. The, his huge shit-eating grin is what implies it. Yeah. And the fact that Faye is just done. She's done. And speaking of which, the natives are done.
1: <laughs> yes, they're, they're, they've are they're had quite enough at this point.
0: And they come after them, and they get... Do they get the dark-haired one or the blonde one first?
1: They hit the blonde with a spear or something.
0: Yeah, okay, so that's... Uh,
1: and then Alan shoots him. I so... Learned-
0: at least, so him. he's dead
1: at least when the cannibals get to him and start
0: and they're like we gotta leave him. him. we gotta leave him." but they stay there and fucking film it yeah and and that's what goes on here because then they, they start to run away again and faye gets captured and no alan you gotta leave her you gotta leave her but they they stay and film her being killed and eaten
1: oh. gang raped and then beaten to death and then beheaded and eaten yeah also, a se- another scene in which I feel like the movie really undermines what it's trying to say. Uh a gang raper, even though the reason they're coming after them at this point is because they just did the same thing to their Yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying to make a point about the how they're actually more civilized than we are, which is the theme of the movie, um there there you go, undercutting it again for the sake of sensationalism.
0: Totally undercut it. And they then they catch Thomas and then finally they get Alan and the camera falls and it's like the end of every found footage movie ever. Right. But I mean, during this, like we go back to the producers after the rape scene and they are clearly uneasy. And the professor with his fucking corncob pipe looks back at them. They're just changing the reel. Just wait. Yeah. And um so they finish it and what did the producer say? Something about calls
1: up the yeah, just burn burn all of it or something like that. Burn fun. it all.
0: Burn all this footage. Like, they do not even discuss it any further. They are just like, burn this shit. And he taps his torn pipe
1: pipe out and just kind of strolls out, smug and, <laughs> and happy with what he's done.
0: And then the he professor. says to nobody in particular, I wonder who the real cannibals
1: are. Like he's in a, a film noir or something like that, where he's delivering the one-liner at the end
0: of the <laughs> of But the they're movie. doing such a terrible thing about trying to make a... Film about culture that they undermined so many times. I mean, I
1: appreciate that it had a a message, right? Like,
0: but thought to maybe add one. I think it's just more of like added after the fact.
1: Maybe I mean, uh, uh, Professor Does Dallas is a is pretty pretty likable guy. He is. I, I like the way the movie is shot in the two different two parts where it's like you know a jungle adventure kind of. Almost I mean obviously a hyper violent one, but kind of like a throwback to like adventure serials almost. Almost. Please. And then like a really grim, like horrible snuff film style found footage movie. Where it's it you know what, actually, you know, I make the film noir comparison, right? It's not all that different, like uh with with the professor and in the like a detective's role. And going too deep down the rabbit hole, right? Like and finding, you know he, the ultimate depravity of humanity, which is kind of a a theme in, in in hardboiled detective fiction or film noir. So actually, it does kind of have those those elements to it. Now that I think about it, a very weird way to present it, but
0: it does. And it has the um. Well, one thing that always got me is how people believed it was real. But it's so book the found footage part is so bookended that it's not trying to convince a viewer that it's real. It's yeah. not like Blair Witch Project, which made its whole marketing, this is real.
1: Right, though he did, uh, so we can kind of talk about the production stuff, they did give the the documentary team contracts that said they had to stay out of the public eye for a year to make it look like it was a snow film.
0: Yeah, they did do that.
1: So there was an element of attempting, of course, that's what bit Diodato in the ass. There go. You can't find these guys, and finally had to, like, void the contracts so and let them come and
0: speak out. But, like, one of the big things was the uh impalement. Like, they were so convinced that that was real, and he had to explain the special effect, how he made that.
1: And it is a very, you know, a clever special effect.
0: Yeah, because she's sitting on a tiny little stool, and then holding a piece of balsa wood in her mouth.
1: Yeah, and it's effective. It looks looks very real, obviously. Yeah. And so, again, good for the special effects team in this movie.
0: Well, yeah, the special effects are actually amazing for what it is.
1: Which, uh, it then goes back to the fact that, like, you didn't really have to kill the animals because your special effects team was, like, actually really, really good. And they could have handled, if you wanted to have this, like, survival element to the movie where they have to hunt and kill things to eat, or you want the one scene with the natives and the monkeys, you could have the special effects scene just rig up you know, fake animals. You didn't actually have to do the, the animal violence. It wasn't
0: and necessary. The, the director has gone on saying, oh, but that was a bad decision to involve those animals. I should never have done the animals. You think. But you still did.
1: He, he was old enough to know better. He was 41 years old.
0: Yeah, he wasn't some young filmmaker on their first film. This was not his first film.
1: Yeah, this isn't like a dude fresh out of film school making their first, you know.
0: And actually, we'll watch a couple more movies from him that actually, that don't have dead animals, though.
1: Yeah, he should have known better. I don't, and even at the time, like, it wasn't like this was like, okay, at the time. It's like, oh yeah, this was cool, it was a different time, you know, 1980 was a different, no. There were laws against it already. Like, this is not something that, uh, that, uh, people ex, uh, accepted even then. So I don't know what possessed him to do. To do yeah, because
0: it was 1980. You had a lot of films in the 70s that had more animal violence.
1: Well, that's the thing is, like, I remember thinking you were, we were going to do this film, like, okay, this is like this is like 72 or something, right? I saw 1980. I'm like, oh, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, again, it's aged well.
0: It has, but it's still so difficult to watch. I mean, it's not something that you could just pick up at the store and watch with your friends.
1: No, no, of course not. I would never even like recommend people to see it, honestly, unless they're, they have the stomach for it. Th- that all being said, I actually like the movie. I like the cinematography. I like the way the story is told.
0: I actually I l- like the song.
1: I I know you do. I could tell the fact that you picked it for the intro. You obviously like this. I like the uh, I like the use of like horrible like horror music every time they do something awful. It's like they got they're pulling the turtle out, and as soon as they smack the turtle with the with the machete,
0: and because it's um it's found footage, the voiceover has to kick back in at that point to somebody going. Oh, I added music to make it more entertaining.
1: So, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about that scene. So, obviously, I mentioned earlier that I was a little more disgusted the first time I saw it. Not that I was comfortable this time, but it was less like, oh, I'm going to go vomit now. Uh, so the actor, the blonde guy, um, he holds the head of the turtle up next to him like a complete psychopath. But the actor apparently completely, completely broken, like... He went da- back, and right, he was psychologically traumatized for that forever. And and Kerman legitimately got into fights with Diodato on set over, over the animal violence. Like, literally walked off the set, like, and pushed him around and, like, tackled him and stuff.
0: Good for him. Good for Professor Porn.
1: So, like, uh, what was it? There was a... He did a... I guess he did... I didn't... Obviously, we didn't have the DVD, but on the DVD commentary...
0: I, look at that, I want to point out that we don't have the DVD because the big thing of this show is it has to be available to stream online.
1: True, and it makes, that makes it a lot easier because who has DVD players these days?
0: There's one thing, I listen to a lot of film podcasts, and I love them all dearly, but I hate when it's like they go into a movie and I'm like, I really, really, really want to watch that now and it's streaming nowhere.
1: Do you remember how hard you had to try to find some of the movies we were watching for Cult of Joe D'Amato? <laughs> like, what was it we watched? It was the... It was the war one. I can't remember the name of the film now.
0: Oh, yeah, but it was early on. It was, like, his fifth
1: or sixth. He found, like, a bootleg of a bootleg of a bootleg of, like, a TV production of it or something. Yeah. We could was, barely understand what was going on.
0: There was also that pirate one, which I recorded the, like, hour-long version that aired on Italian television. Oh, man, it was read. good, though.
1: Like... Even though I really couldn't understand everything that was going on, I was actually genuinely entertained by that one. Man, I can't. Basically, he described Diodato you know, as having no soul, or empathy, or soul in in, uh, in the DVD commentary.
0: No, no, uh, the scene where they shoot the pig, the uh, the actor had like a full monologue he was going to do. Yeah, the, a- uh,
1: the actor playing Alan.
0: Yeah, and then they shot the pig, and he just act ha ha lost his monologue so the whole monologue got cut so now they just come up and shoot a pig
1: yeah he i guess he drove over with the pig and like kind of liked the pig and then it's like oh yeah by the way you're gonna have to shoot the pig
0: yeah and it's the way the pig squealed that just totally threw him off
1: it's a, it's because the, the the documentary could literally just like four kids out of like nyu or something
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and they're oh man what a And I think most of them didn't really act again, I think. I think this literally ruined...
0: They didn't. Um, Gabriel York, who played Alan Yates, he did a bunch of bit parts on American soap operas. That was about it. Oh, no! The dark guy that played Mark Tommaso. The dark-haired guy. Yeah actually went on to serve in Italian parliament from 2008 to 2013. He went into politics.
1: Just, uh, just an early day, uh, Jesse Ventura or Arnold Schwarzenegger, really. I mean.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Or, uh, you know, like, um, uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, just, just, uh, and making, making that transition.
0: Harry Pinkman, who played the blonde filmmaker Jack Anders, he was in City of the Living Dad, a Bruno Mattei film. Oh! Bruno Matai, we'll get to him soon enough. And he was also in Cannibal Ferox. Which, isn't that
1: just a bad version of Cannibal Holocaust?
0: It's a, well, it's the same story. Although it, it still undermines its, like, who's the real animal kind of thing, But it pushes that theme a lot more.
1: Yeah, I don't understand, like, uh... Some, honestly, some small changes to this film could have made it, like like, a legit art film. <laughs> Just cutting a few scenes and reframing some things, and not having your actors act like the worst stereotypes possible.
0: Yeah, that's why uh, another movie we'll get to used actual natives, and we'll talk about that one later. But I,
1: I did like this movie. Uh, it, um, I, I wished it had lived up to the potential of the of the theme of the movie, and especially with how strong. I honestly think the movie started very strong.
0: It did. It did start strong up until that, um...
1: One or two scenes notwithstanding, but, yeah, up until the the rape scene, pretty much, the ritualistic rape scene. Which, amusingly enough, I'm looking at the uh, poster on Wikipedia, and that's the scene on the, on the poster.
0: Oh, God, then that's probably going to be our title card for this episode. He's
1: holding up his, uh, holding up his rock phallus there.
0: Which I'm like, at first, I'm like, is that a corn
1: cob? It was a that was a scene. Yeah, I could have done without
0: that. All right. Any final thoughts on this one?
1: I I liked it. I have no interest in watching it again, um, but I'm I'm not unhappy. I watched it, and I also wouldn't uh, recommend it to anybody because it's just too harsh of a movie.
0: But if you wanted to challenge yourself, it's available on. on you can rent it from YouTube, Google yep. Play for two ninety nine.
1: It's a uh... I mean, it's a piece of history. If you appreciate film history, it's uh, it's important. It's not an easy watch, but it's important. It's short. And like I said, the first part of the movie is, like, one, ex- one, ex- one, exception. one scene exception is actually not even that.
0: Two scenes. Yes, Two I've scenes. Of the, of the,
1: watch, the, apparently there's an animal cruelty-free version. Maybe just watch that.
0: Yeah, so I've heard. So that? That's not the one that's on YouTube, though.
1: No, the one on YouTube is the uncut, full whole thing
0: well yeah because the animal scenes they're not even necessary at all
1: right you you honestly would not miss the uh, the theme of the movie without the animal scenes in them they're really completely they're the definition of exploitation which i guess if you're listening to
0: this podcast but yeah if you're listening to this you're you're interested in exploitation so that's cannibal holocaust uh we will catch you next time when we go over it's I guess you could say it's sister film. The the, the remake homage from Eli Roth. <laughs> we'll, we'll,
1: get, we'll, we'll discuss my opinion in this film when we get there. I have, I have
0: words. So next time, uh, Green Inferno. Catch you then. Like, comment, subscribe. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, definitely. Yes, like, comment, subscribe. Do all the stuff. So that was our first episode featuring the film Cannibal Holocaust. Again, sorry about some of the audio issues. We will get those worked on. Until then, you can visit our show page at anchor.fm slash exploit it, or follow us on Twitter at podcast exploit. Catch you next time.